Well, we've made it to the last week of the liturgical calendar, and every year this last Sunday is celebrating the solemnity of Christ the King. And we have this beautiful gospel of the back and forth between Pilate and our Lord, and he's asking, you know, why are you a king? The Lord's being a little coy with him. And as we think about calling Jesus our king, it really doesn't even do justice of who he is. As a human understanding, know what a king is. King's a boss, king's in charge, king makes all the decisions. All these things are true about God. He's, he's the king of kings. He's so much bigger as you begin to dwell on the omnipotence of God. And a couple weeks ago, I was able to go on retreat. It was sort of a, a last minute thing. So it was just a personal retreat that I went up to a cabin and lake house, uh, a little lake house in Wisconsin for a few days. And, you know, it's beautiful to be by yourself and to pray and to have silence. But one of the very different things is it's really different to say mass when it's just yourself and the angels, right? Like here, I got to make sure there's somebody to bring up the gifts. The altar server doesn't mess up. The deacons never mess up ever. But, you know, I got to make sure they're on the straight and narrow. And it's that tension of trying to, to pray but I'm thinking about it all going smoothly for, for you as, as well. But when you're by yourself, you're able to just kind of slow down and it, it washes over you. Like, what? what do we believe? You know, I'm very blessed to be a cradle Catholic ever since I remember it's been taught to me and it's been something that I've believed, not saying that it's easy, but it's something that I believe that the Eucharist is, is Christ. That when the priest says those words, of consecration that, that God, heaven crashes into this, into this room, to this place of worship on the altar. And not that it's difficult now, but it was much easier in your seat before I got ordained to sit there and go, yeah, the Eucharist is God because, well, he's a priest. And, you know, Bishop made him a priest and therefore when he says the words, we believe that's God. But, when you're the priest, you know, I'm up there by myself and I'm holding this piece of bread. I'm like, what do we even believe? That the creator of the universe is just showing up in my hands because I, I said so? Like, to begin to ponder a little bit, and I don't know if you've ever seen one of those like YouTube videos. It kind of shows the scale of the size of the universe a little bit, where... It shows a human being, and then it shows the Empire State Building, and then it shows the Himalayas, and then it shows the moon, and you're getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and then there, there's the Earth, and then you've got the growing planets, and wow, Jupiter's so big, and then the sun, oh my gosh, it's so much bigger than the Earth, but on the scale of all the galaxies out there, the sun is actually quite small, and as it goes for like 10 minutes of just increasing size, of these celestial beings, you begin to have this like existential panic of realizing you're just a tiny speck on a meaningless rock rotating around an insignificant star amongst a whole slew of galaxies. And you're having this like existential agoraphobia while you're trying to say mass. And uh, this is why I shouldn't be by myself for too long. My mind just goes off. And you think, like, God created all of this. He created everything. 
And then on top of that, you, like we don't even understand what the kingdom of heaven looks like or the spiritual realities and components of what is most certainly equally, if not even more grand than the physical with the angels and even the demons that God created them. And the same time that you're thinking about this truly omnipotent God, you have to hold that and balance with the fact that he knows me better than I even know myself and longs to have an intimate relationship with me more than I do with even my closest family or friends and that we've barely begun to scratch the surface of allowing ourselves to receive the love that he wants to give us if we're open and freely willing to receive it in his grace. You've got this incredible intimate relationship that he wants to have with you and his omnipotence juxtaposed. And it's like, what do we believe? Who is God? He's our king. I think it's, it's hard even for us as Americans. You know, I, I love democracy. It's a beautiful thing. We've got some bumps in the road right now with how the whole thing works. We need to figure out how to get along together. It's a different homily. But a king dominates everything. I think it's hard for us to understand. He wants dominus, Lord, is the word for it. Same word as dominate. To truly be in charge of every part of your life. And as a young priest, you begin to sound like a broken record at times. It seems like half my homilies is the king, is the Lord the king of every part of your life? And it's like, Bishop, you've got to move me to a different parish. I'm running out of material. But if you're not saying that, then what else, what else is there? And, and what it comes down to is that what I've been trying to talk about, this is an extremely bold thing to believe and and for us to say that we are Christians there's no one foot in the door you're either playing around with God and saying I'm a Christian or you're all in yes the Lord is the king of my heart the Lord is the king of my life in every aspect the alpha and the omega the beginning of the end of my entire life the Lord is the king this is no democracy he does not care what you think, but he does want you to come along for the journey. And for us to begin to continue to, to pray with that, the Alpha, the Omega, the past, the present, the future, is the Lord the King of your past? When you think about all the blessings that the Lord has given you, especially this week of Thanksgiving, are you grateful? How much of the Lord's blessings in your life do you take for granted? So many things. And as we reflect upon how we've gotten to this point in life, it's through God's grace. And as we reflect upon those moments when we truly did not understand, in fact, we, we believed the lie from the culture that without God we would even be happier. And we took a different direction and we stepped off the path. God knows about that. But if the Lord is the king of your past, then you'll receive the mercy that he wants to give you and take 
those to the confessional. Allow the Lord to be the king of your past. He already knows everything. Just give it to him. Is he the king of your present? All we have is the precious present. As we go about our day and our work and our entertainment and our family, as we begin to think, you know, our heart is a temple. The home of our heart is the Lord allowed in every room of, of, of your interior life. Or do you just kind of bring him into the sitting room? It's nice and tidy, it's just vacuumed. But you got a mess in the basement. There's a closet that nobody knows about. We don't even want to talk about that. And then the attic. I'll get to it next year. The Lord's already there. Saying, come here. Let me help you clean this mess up. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your work, when it comes to your sexuality, when it comes to your intellectual life, is the Lord the king of all of those parts of your life? Or are you just simply doing what you want to do because, ah, whatever. Alpha and Omega is the Lord the king of your future. As you make your plans, as you, where are you in five years? Where are you in ten years? Is the Lord a part of that prayer? As you discern your vocation, as you discern your, your, your career, is it what you want to do or is it what the Lord wants you to do? And even farther than this, and, and this is more of a sensitive subject, I realize that, but as you ponder your own mortality, is the Lord the king of, of that part of your life? I've seen a lot of illness this last couple of years where people are, are devastatedly scared of dying. And I, I get that, but if you spent the tiniest bit of the same attention to your eternal soul, that which will live even past your body, it'd probably be something to think about. We have an unhealthy fear of death. Yes, it's not fun. No, it wasn't a part of the original plan, but it's a consequence of sin, and we all have to be at peace with the fact that we're going to die, and for many of us, sooner than we would like to really realize. The Lord needs to be brought into that prayer. The Lord needs to be brought into that realization. It's extremely bold what we believe as Christians. Don't give lip surface to Christianity. If you are truly a Christian, then the Lord is the king. He's to dominate every part of your life. There's not one thing that you don't do or do without the Lord being present. How does it affect that most intimate relationship that he wants to have with me? You're either all in or you're not in at all. Lord, you're the king of my heart. If there's any part of my heart that is not open to you, I surrender that to you. Lord, you're the king of my family. If there's any part of my family and my relationships that I am not open to you being in, I surrender that to you. Lord, you're the king of my marriage. If there's any part of my marriage that is not rooted in you and your love, I surrender that to you. Lord is king.
Let him be.